You're listening to Outnumber the Podcast, episode 144, Finding and Implementing a Family Vision. Today, we're talking about an incredibly powerful resource and tool for moms and dads in any stage of life, and that is creating a family vision. If you don't have a family vision or you don't know what we're talking about, then keep listening because we're going to explain the how, the what, the why, all of it, and just how it can change your family's life. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Welcome back, friends. Today, we are going to be talking about creating a family vision, and we're really excited about this one. We both have a little bit of experience doing this kind of in different capacities, and so we're uh, getting ready to dive in. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. I'm excited to do this one, too, but um, first, I have to say something. I have to share something so cute that my little two-year-old's been saying. So he, we were driving in town, and he says, Mommy, Mommy, I just saw a tutu tain on a tutu tain tack. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. He's right at that adorable age where he's talking a lot, but all his letters and syllables don't come out correctly. Tutu tain tack. Yeah. So this is your two-year-old, right? Yes. Okay. So I have, you know, we were pregnant at the same time with this one. I have a two-year-old boy too, and he was not speaking like at all until about three or four months ago. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, everybody's speaking for him. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, just word vomit, right? <laughs> we can't get him to stop talking. And my favorite thing to hear him say is um, when I go to change his diaper in his bedroom, kids tend to follow us in and he'll tell his sister, Mimi, get out my womb now. <laughs> like, oh, that's a really long sentence. And you have your commands down, don't you? No, <laughs> I know. I think both our little two-year-olds are probably at the age where we're like counting on our fingers the words in their sentence and being so impressed yes. with our little two-year-olds I that know. they can put together that many words. Yeah. For the lo- for like a year, he was like, mama, dada. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, we'll get to the words eventually. And now we just can't get him to stop, so... Okay, so on to family visions. Um, we know we have mentioned this in other episode. In other episodes, Audrey talks about her 20-year vision quite often, which I love to hear about. But today we're going to get into a little bit more detailed version of this and try to help you um, come up with your own family vision. Yeah, so I'm excited to dig into this one too. So you know how like every business has a mission or a vision and nonprofits like they form, I think it's especially strong in nonprofits because they're not doing it for money. They have a a goal or a mission, something they're pointing at. Well, this is kind of the same concept for a family. You kind of organize it into where it follows or maintains this, this vision or this motto that, that you go, you go toward. Yes, totally. Um, do you remember our episode way back when that we did with a Mary Jordan about running your household like a business? I have thought about this concept over and over and over again. Um, and so many business techniques and skills that I'm learning about my own businesses, I'm applying to my family. And and probably the biggest one is a vision or a mission statement or um, a set of goals or whatever you want to call it to guide your family in the future. Because any organization without um, a vision or some sort of uh, future goal is not going to be very productive, right? It's not really going to make make much difference in the world. 
So um, a few of the benefits that we uh, discovered about having a family vision are unity, participation. Everybody wants to be a part of it, right? Uh, more love, encouragement between siblings and parents and kids, better communication, tenacity. When you're working on things, everybody wants to pitch in until it's done. Positivity, teamwork, and a commitment to the same ideals. Just all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, so if you don't have a family vision, the cons are that your kids, like your your vision, your goals, your purpose is confused for the future. So everybody's not on the same page. Your kids get disgruntled because they don't know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, they complain or they resist. Why do we have to do this? Or why don't we do this like other people? You know, frustrations and fights and all that because because. It, there's confusion. They like maybe they have an idea and maybe you have an idea and they're different. And so when you have like a stated family vision and you you go through it kind of in the ways that we're going to be talking about here in a minute, then everybody everybody gets it and they're all pointed in the same direction. They get on board. Yeah, totally. And you know, I have noticed that in families that have a pretty um, strong religious background, some of this is already kind of done for us, right? Because we all believe or are trying to teach our children the same type of values that a lot of this is kind of already done for us. Like my kids know that they are going to be required to go to church every Sunday. That's non-negotiable. They're going to be required to be kind to each other because we believe in Christianity, you know, et cetera. But it can even be pushed even farther into very specific vision that we want our, our kids to, to aim for together. Another thing to think about is that families are one organization where you just get the luck of the draw, right? It's not like in my business, I can go out and hand pick employees that I get along with, that share my values, et cetera. But with family members, as we all know, we're thrown in together with people that we may or may not have a lot in common with, and we just kind of figure it out together. And so a family vision can unite all of our diverse personalities, strengths, weaknesses, and focus them on one common goal. Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, like you, that is a good point that you can't choose your family, but that, but the benefit of making a vision for your family is that you all share the same DNA and there's a lot of variation in it, but you have a lot more in common with your family than you have with most of their people in the world. <laughs> so yeah, you have true. a good totally place true. to start yeah. from. <laughs> They're maybe going to be more easily convinced to share your vision than just, you know, your random person on the street. Hey, I've got this vision. Let's <laughs> <laughs> And thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So a family vision for us, it's a, it's a detailed glimpse into what we desire for the future. Not only for us, we call it our 20 year vision, but it's like, three-generation vision. So what we want our children mm -hmm. to teach their children, like how we want them to structure their families. It's our desire for our offspring, not only just, you know, our kids, but their kids and so on. It keeps on going. So the things that our grandchildren teach their grandchildren, that's kind of where we're getting into the meat of why we're doing what we're doing in our 20-year vision. And so those, you kind of like that super long-term vision and that picture that's what gives meaning and purpose to your everyday activities, what you do. Agreed. That's a great point that why are we taking time to clean up our yard on Saturdays? Because part of our family vision is that we live in an orderly um, household and we take care of our property, et cetera. Right. So that, that vision really has place in everything we do every day. I love that. 
Um, so I would, I would say that most moms and dads, most parents probably have a vision of where they'd like their family to end up. The question is, have you actually expressed it? Have you really focused on it? Have you, you, you might have some kind of general idea. Well, I want my kids to always speak to me. <laughs> I want them to always like being in my presence, etc. But to sit down and to actually talk to your spouse about it, talk to your kids about it can be really powerful. Um, usually these future visions include things like lots of joy, lots of satisfaction, contentment with our family, and lots of love. Yeah, that's right. We have a whole series on of episodes about marriage. And one of those is really good. It's about communication. I mean, they're all really good, but the one I'm thinking about right now is communication <laughs> in marriage. So if you don't communicate with your spouse, your vision, or you don't get from them what their vision is, then how can you be pointed in the same direction? Maybe you are, but maybe you aren't. And then to take that shared vision that you've communicated to each other and you've kind of sealed and cemented in and share it with your children, like that's another level. So like if there's not communication and talking about it, like you can't get your family vision across to your family and into the future generations if you never talk about it. It's just not going to happen. If, if it just lives in your head, yeah. which is kind of the story if of my life. it lives life. in your I'm head, like, it okay, do this. head. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we're going to do this thing, and then it's going to be like this. And then my family's like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, didn't, didn't we have this conversation? Was that just me in my head? Okay, great. Uh, so, all right. So let's say you, you've got a family vision or you want to create one. Um, you get to just decide how you want your family to look. 10, 15, 20 years in the future, 50 years. We would recommend doing it at least a decade out, but not more than about two decades because that keeps it close enough that, cause really 10 years is really a blip on the radar of life, right? It sounds like a long, long time, but think about 10 years ago. It was like almost nothing, right? Um, so, so you get to decide what period of time you want to look into the future too. Um, you can even do multiple, like in 10 years, I'd love our family to look like this in another 20. I'd like it to look like this. Um, and, and a couple of areas you can focus on are relationships. What kind of relationships do you want to have with your spouse and kids? Um, what do you want your spirituality to look like? What do you want the state of your home to look like physically, emotionally? Um, what vibe do you want in your house, right? Your general family attitude. What do you want your family to look like? I mean, obviously that's not really quite as important, but, um, you know, you could still have goals to have some more children, have more people join the family. You know, we hope that our kids will go out and have spouses and children that then join our family. So obviously not all of that is within our control, but, um, to envision it really, really brings power. Yeah. How we came about our family's 20 year plus long-term vision is that we started with spiritual guidance. So, um, we just, just ask God, what do you want for our family? What do you want to pass to the future through us and through our offspring? And that's where we started with it. And then we started making a study of other successes and failures through history. Both my husband and I like to read and study a lot of history. And so, you know, even way back, okay, say the Vikings. So you study them as a group of people. And is there something from this group of people that they passed on to their children and you know, so on. Is, is there something from that that we would like to adopt into our family? Or is there something that we definitely see a lesson that we learned from this group of people in history? And we don't want to, we want to make sure we don't make those same mistakes or failures in ours as well. So a lot of um, reflection, study of history, and then reflection on our own raisings, not just like what our parents did for us, but how our grandparents raised our parents, and then how 
our great grandparents raised our grandchildren, uh, raised our grandparents, and and so on, like back through our personal DNA family, <laughs> and how um, so. In studying those things, we kind of came to a semblance of um, what we wanted to pass on, what we we should be passing on, and what we wanted to pass on to future generations. And my husband and I often say that we're raising our kids very old-fashioned, like our grandparents were raised. And we say that's because we can see and we like the results of how our grandparents were raised. And so we want to raise our kids like that, too. We say some of these ways that children are being raised today, we can't see the end result of that yet. And so we just haven't adopted some of those ideas for that reason. Right. I love that concept. And this is another reason why technology, I think, scares us parents nowadays in so many ways is because we haven't seen the fruits yet, right? We don't know what it looks like for a kid to have a cell phone in his pocket for 18 years, you know? Okay. Most people aren't giving their kids cell phones at age one, but you know what I mean? You know, we haven't seen the result of that yet, so we get a little bit nervous, um, and there's a lot of trial and error there. But in another couple of generations, they'll probably have a little bit smarter idea of of exactly what they want to do with smartphones and tech and things with young children. Um, But, you know, there's a lot up in the air, which is, you know, just a good reason that we can pray and (laughs) get get some uh, advice from on high. Um, One thing I wanted to share right here is um, I love that you're talking about the past. The past really is part of the vision, okay? So I was looking up some really interesting studies that I'd heard about before when prepping for this podcast. And these fascinating studies have shown that the more kids know about their family history, the higher their EQ and their sense of identity. So, you know, when stress comes or even like catastrophic events like a massive hurricane or a death or something – these kids cope way better if they have some sense of their family history. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so by by sharing some awesome stories with your kids and even just basic ones like how you and your husband met, how their grandparents met, et cetera, with our kids, they um, they can be inspired to continue writing their family's amazing story with their own lives, right? It's, it's just this big cycle. And somehow when they're isolated in time and they don't know the story of their own past, they have a harder time creating their own future, or at least doing so with confidence. So that's just a little plug for for sharing your stories with your kids, right? Including the past. Yeah, there's definitely some stories in both my husband and my um, back generation's uh, ancestors that we have shared with our kids, especially noting to them that this is part of our family's vision, that we want you guys to do this for your kids. Like, like our grandparents did it for their, you know, that kind of thing that specifically telling those stories with, with a purpose for telling them to our kids. Okay. So once you and your spouse have communicated a family vision, it's time to get the kids involved. And, um, you can just ask them something simple. Like, what do you picture our family doing in 10 years? What do you picture us looking like? And it can be a really fun, exciting exercise as they say, oh, in 10 years, well, I hope I'm in college. Well, in 10 years, I hope I can drive a car. In 10 years, I want to be married, whatever. Um, and with, especially with the younger ones, you're going to expect some simplistic answers, right? Like, what do you, how do you want our relationship to look like? I want so-and-so to stop flicking me. <laughs> I want somebody else to stop stealing my stuff. Okay, all right. It can be something simple, like everyone gets along. We have fun together. But sometimes those are pretty profound, right? All right, what can we do today to ensure that we can play fun family games in 10 years and not always cry when we lose? Right? <laughs> How can we improve? What can we do um, to make sure that our family outings go really smooth and nobody throws a fit or nobody gets lost. How can we help out? You know, sometimes they start really, really simple, but can end up with profound results. 
Yeah, younger kids definitely um, get this concept better if you talk about it in relation to them. So in 10 years, you're going to be 14. And that's the same age as, you know, your older sister right now. What do you think you'll be like when you're the same age as older sister, you know, or, or older brother? Mm-hmm. Or, and then, and then they get involved. Well, well, then how old will, will she still be? Will she still be 14 too? <laughs> No, she'll all the be, time. Yeah, always like, yeah. How old is so and so going to yeah. be? How old is so and so? Yes, and then they love thinking about. Well, they'll be twenty four. Oh, so will they still be like living at home? You know, or what, what will they be doing? You know, and so then you get their little minds involved too when it's mm-hmm. a younger kid. This is um, where we kind of diverge a little bit. We kind of feel like our family feels like it's the parents' responsibility to set the vision for the family, and. It's our responsibility to share and to guide. And our older kids definitely have valuable observations and inputs because they've been kind of in on us setting the vision for, you know, a lot of their lives now. And so they definitely have good, you know, observations and inputs. You know what? We, you know, I noticed that our family does, does this and that's not going to help us get toward our family vision. We'll sit down. So you know what? That's right. You're right. We don't want a future like that. Let's let's all try harder to be, you know, to do this thing different or whatever because we want to be friends in the future. That is something that we say all the time to our to our kids when they're fighting. Do you want? Don't you want to be friends when you grow up? In twenty years, are you going to be friends if you if you treated? You know, would you want to be friends with someone in twenty years? that was treating you the way that you're treating them, that kind of thing. And they really understand that and get that um, for the little kids. But the older kids definitely, they're used to this idea of a vision and they love to adopt it and have the guidance for their own lives. And, and when they are setting up their own families, they're in control of the vision at that point. But in our family, we're like, well, this is our responsibility. We need to give our kids a vision. I really love that perspective. And, you know, this would be a great thing to do on like um, a quick little couple's trip somewhere or even just a long date night where you sit down and you envision it together and you you write up a couple of of um, ideas that can really help you form that family vision and you can share it with your kids. Um, and then in following this vision, like we said, communication is just key. Once everyone catches the vision, um, it can be so much easier to get to have to set expectations and rules and have kids be willing to follow them. So think about a kid who's trying to save for a, or he really wants a bike, but he doesn't have enough money, right? It can be so hard to not spend every little dollar he gets until, unless he keeps that vision of this amazing, shiny, brand new gleaming bike. And then he's able to keep the dollars and do something that's really hard for him, save, right? Because of this future vision. The same thing goes along with our kids' behavior today, right? If they can have a vision of just how awesome their future can be with their future family, and they know that certain actions are going to get them there, it's a lot better than just mom saying, we don't do that. Stop doing that. Quit hitting. You know, they're, they're able to overcome those little um, uh, impulse control issues that they have, right? Somebody smacks them, they want to smack them back. They're thinking long-term and obviously it gets better as they get older, but that, that vision can do a lot for helping kids in their everyday lives. A few things you can ask your children are things like, how can our present family culture get us to this vision? Like, so what are we doing today that is great and is moving us in the right direction? What can we change to help us get more in alignment with this, this 
beautiful vision. And how can mom and dad help you, right? Okay, you really struggle to, I always just go back to treating each other with kindness because it's probably our number one struggle with younger kids, right? How can you treat your brother more kindly? Well, he does this thing and then I do this thing. And how can mom and dad help? Maybe maybe it's time for you guys not to share a bedroom for a little while. Or maybe we can have um, some role play and figure out how to better uh, react when somebody steals your toy or whatever. But to, to let them know that mom and dad are here to facilitate. We all want to get there together. We're all moving in the same direction. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes if you've never done anything like this before, had conversations like this before, this, this is kind of pretty heavy for kids and kind of overwhelming for them to sit down and think about things 10 and 20 years in the future. Mm -hmm. That that's Mm -hmm. huge for kids and, and also very overwhelming and, and like small bites on this. So what I wanted to say was if you've never done something like this, before. Just try implementing a vision for just a little certain aspect of your life. Like say if you homeschool or um, you you would set a little mission for your homeschool or if you have, you know, if you don't homeschool, you have an education goals for your family. Um, Like our family's homeschool motto is learning to learn. And so that's like our goal. So, you know, it's easy to say, to have an answer when a kid says, well, why do I have to learn these spelling words or whatever? You say, well, because you're learning how to learn to spell words, you see, so you can apply it in all the answers. And, or try it, um, you know, if you have a, a spiritual or a faith, faith-based faith um, little mission or vision you want to implement, or, you know, maybe the way your family eats, um, or maybe the way your family dresses, or just take one little thing. You mentioned like the upkeep of your home and your yard. So just just implement it in one little area and don't try to take on the whole thing. If you've never done it before, it's, it's too overwhelming for sure. Exactly. Yes. That's an excellent point. Um, kids can usually just handle bite sites, bite sized nuggets of little wisdom or tasks. Right. And the great thing about taking it one at a time is then you can develop this really robust vision. Um, and then you can record it if you choose to, which is really helpful for small kids, right? So let's say that for a month, you're all going to focus on the vision for the upkeep of your house. Let's say your house is totally trashed all the time, speaking from experience, and we are going to decide that we are going to have a house that's picked up and, and feels, you know, like you have a clean house and you say, everyone feel what the, what the, what the attitude feels like in the house right now, right? What's the vibe of the house? It feels stress-free. It feels happy. It feels clean. It feels wonderful. Okay. That's the kind of feeling we want to have in our house all the time. What can we do to get us there? Well, every day, like Audrey's example, every day at four o'clock, we're all going to stop what we're doing and we're going to pick up all together. So we have at least one time in the day when everything is clean. And then you work on that for a month or two months or however long it takes. And then you can move on to, all right, what's the vision for family dinners. I notice that sometimes people come on time. Sometimes we eat together. Sometimes we don't. I would love that in 20 years, we can all sit down and have a nice family dinner together. What can we do today? You know, on and on. Um, and then when you're ready to record it, if you desire to, um, there's so many different ways. You can write a list full of bullet points. You can turn it into prose. You can make it a poem. Um, if you have a bunch of visual learners, you can do a vision board with like magazine clip outs or whatever. Uh, so many different ways to just keep that vision at hand. Yeah, that's right. You want to know something funny? Ours, our family vision, it's so strong and it guides us and it's like so influential on the way, what we're doing and on our kids and on our family. It's not written down. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an oral, it's an oral thing that we're, 
that we're doing and passing on to our kids and just a basic set of values and um, how we reinforce it is through daily discussion. So like we don't discuss every aspect of the vision every day, but we daily bring it into our conversation just because we love it and we live by it. Um, you know, and then one, one thing in our, um, in our vision is that our family sits down and eats together our, you know, gatherings. And so every day at dinner, we sit down and the dinner table is just such a good place to have a conversation. And, you know, the youngest kids, they stay there as long as they eat. And sometimes they hear a little bit and sometimes they're mind is off in something else and they don't hear anything and they get like those little bite-sized pieces like you're talking about but the the other kids they grow up and they want to stay at those conversations they want to listen and they spend a long time listening and then they get a little bit older and they start having a little bit of input in the conversation and then so that's always an opportunity to underscore your vision and then there's um situations that happen to your family in life. You're out and you're in the grocery store and you see this or this happens or that happens. And so you make sure you make a point to have a discussion of that situation with your kids. Why do you do that thing? Or why don't you do that thing? Or why, why does your family? Yeah. Oftentimes kids will bring it up and it's such a good opportunity for, um, the conversation and the reinforcement of the vision. So why don't we, you know, this was for a question from one of my kids when they were about seven or eight and, you know, their family, their friends had a cell phone. How come we don't get cell phones when we're seven or eight, you know, or whatever it was. And we're like, well, okay, this is a good opportunity for us to discuss with, with you why we're doing what we're doing and why we don't do what we don't do. And so just, um, I think, I think if it's, if it's like something you believe and something you live, it's going to work its way into every aspect of your life. That's the point of the vision, isn't it? And so you don't have to like, oh yeah, um, hang on, wait, we have this vision and we're going to all try to do this because it's just a way you live because it's who you are. It's guiding what you do every day. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Um, because if it feels like it's not real to you, then it's just going to be one more thing you feel like you have to teach your kids, right? What you want it to be, like you said, is a part of who you are, right? And so maybe you start with taking something that is like intrinsically who you are, your faith beliefs or um, your own moral compass or whatever, and you and you build out from there, something that you already believe so deeply that you're going to teach your kids that no matter what, right? Um, and, and you don't want building a vision to be a chore, for yourself or for the kids, but, but you want it to just be a really amazing way to dream about the future and all the amazing things that it holds. Right. So, so an example is our family really, really loves to take vacations together. And by our family, I mean me, I love leaving my house. I mean, my kids like the vacations too, but I just really like getting away. That's one of the best ways that I enjoy family time because there's nothing for me to do. You know, there's no like laundry piled up. Um, and so we include that when we talk about our future, we talk about all the amazing trips we're going to take. And when, when you, uh, when the teenagers turn 18, then they're going to get to go on really big trips, maybe to Europe with mom and dad. And, and then we're going to plan this trip and that trip and this trip. And whether it's just a simple road trip across the state or something bigger, that's something that we dream and look forward to. And it helps build our family culture of liking to be together, which is part of our vision, right? Of really enjoying together time. Um, and then, you know, what we can talk about what we'll do when our kids get married and bring their spouses over and, and you just kind of create this mold so that when they get to that part of life, they go, oh yeah, we were gonna 
you know, have family dinners and this and that, but obviously it's the day-to-day treatment of each other and all the little things that we do that's going to bring that to pass. Yeah. Yeah. So the benefits or some things that we have really enjoyed from having a family vision through is not only like the daily discussions and the monthly reinforcement and the yearly, you know, reassessing, are we still headed where we want to be headed and just random conversations because they came out like that. That part of it is seriously one of the most enjoyable parts for for me, for us, because we talk on this podcast a lot about how much we love teenagers, but when the kids start getting involved in the vision and they start mm-hmm. sharing and giving input, that is really, really awesome. And we love that. But we feel like what this family vision has done for us is it's created a really, really close-knit family because we're a team. We're all aiming for the same goal. We all want the same vision, the same future. And how could we not be on the same team? I I mean, we're just really close because we're all pointed in the same direction. We're all moving that way together. And we're on the same path and we're at the same point in history. And so we're, we're very close, a very close family. And obviously we fight, duh, we're a family of 11, right? <laughs> but in the end, at the end of the day, there's this thing we're pointing at and, and like, we're hundred percent confident we're going to, we're going to get in that direction that we're aiming because we're all working on it together. That's so cool. When you were talking about that, I was just thinking about the businesses that I'm familiar with that have really, really strong mission statements. And I bet you guys can name three or four of them right off the top of your head. They're, they're, they're companies with a really, really strong culture, right? Like Apple. You don't work for Apple without buying into the entire culture of Apple, right? Like Chick-fil-A. Um, there, there's a handful of them out there that where their mission statement and their culture is so strong, it permeates everything and their systems are set up in such a way that it, you know, it always turns out the same result. And generally the people who work for those companies are significantly happier and more satisfied than those who work for some other random company that hasn't really given a lot of thought to their mission statement or their mission statement is just kind of, you know, there because they felt like they needed to make one. Yeah. It's pretty generic. We need a mission statement. So Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So to create one that just has so much love and purpose behind it can be so powerful for your kids. Yeah. So we were talking about how we take um, information and experience from our own raising and how we apply that into our family culture. And so like there's some things that when we were growing up, one thing, like just a specific example that comes to mind is It was unwritten. I mean, it was unwritten, even unstated as well. But like we, so we attended school, public school, but, and we fought at home. But when we were at public school, we never said a bad word or like we were, we were a family, even when we were out, like we could fight like cats and dogs at home if, if we didn't agree or, you know, hate the other person at home or whatever. But when we were out, and we were in school and we like, we were on the t- same team. We were like this unit and we took <laughs> care of each other. We didn't talk bad about each other. We watched each other's backs, you know, that, that kind of thing. And we just, yeah, that was one thing that we brought into our family cultures. Like our family takes care of each other. And that was one thing. Um, another thing that, um, there was a story. I, I think it was my dad heard it somewhere. We heard it and he liked to tell that, um, there, there was, 
he kind of um, adopted this for our family too. And he, like if we were going out in the evening or the occasion, on an occasion, he would say, um, remember whose name you bear. <laughs> so both it, that was like, there was a double layer of that. Just like, you know, you're one of the family and remember that you, people will think of our whole family. They will get an impression of our whole family based on how you behave. But also he was just giving a gentle nudge or a gentle reminder. Remember whose name you bear as in spiritual, like you are as a mm-hmm. Christian, you're a representative of God to the world and you need to be a good example. So that was, those are just two little examples from my own raising that um, really, you know, really good, powerful lessons that I took and we're applying toward our own family vision. Oh, I love that line. That is a good one. It makes me think of back in the day, you know, when um, surnames first came to be, it was John's son or, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever, guy's name and son or daughter. Um, and they literally had their dad's name on them. I mean, it, it does pass down the same, but not quite as literally now. Yeah. Um, and when you were out about, and if you were messing around, they're like, Hey, John's son over there, yeah. get back home. You're yeah. Misbehaving, exactly right? <laughs> that idea. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So in my family culture, I, sometimes it's hard to see the family culture while you're in it until you leave. Right. And you go out into the world and you think, Oh, that's so cool that I was raised with this or that. And one of the things we had a really strong, um, faith-based culture. And one of the things that was really uh, non-negotiable for us was, um, how we behaved on, on Sunday. So Sabbath day observance, right? My mom was really strict about that, that we never did anything that wasn't designed to help us draw together as a family or become spiritually stronger. Right. So we didn't go shopping and we didn't go, um, whatever. It, It was basically just staying together at home to have a day of rest. And that really, really, um, helped me to create a life where I could work hard six days out of the week and then take this day of rest and draw closer to my family and to God. That was just a really important thing to me. And I don't think I would have picked up on that on my own. I may have thought, gee, I wish I had another day to to rest because now that's less common, right? In families. (laughs) But, um, that was a really big blessing given to me. Um, and another one was, um, what we're saying about the family history thing, it was really, really common for both of my parents to tell stories of their childhood, of their parents. And I had a good relationship with both sets of grandparents. And so we were raised with a lot of stories and I could just sit and tell you stories all day long about this grandpa or this grandma. Um, and sure, some of them were mischievous, right? Like when so-and-so got in trouble or something, like when my <laughs> uncle got in trouble and my grandpa chased him down the road throwing rocks at him. <laughs> but anyway, most of them were very uplifting and really inspiring to think, hey, someday our kids are going to tell stories about us and our grandkids and um, just really, really drew us together as a family. So I really appreciated that culture of, of storytelling and, and sharing our history. So we hope this gave you guys a little bit of insight into what a family motto or family vision is and maybe inspired you a little bit to try maybe starting somewhere small or maybe just um, making it a formal statement of your own family's vision. And we, we just encourage you to be intentional about, you know, we talk on this podcast so much about intentional parenting. Well, this is all part of that intentionality that you aim in the direction as a group and it's an intentional thing. And that's what gives you the team feeling. So we encourage everybody to give it a try and we hope this podcast episode inspired you. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. 
thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.